we are doing well, right? Yes? Are we live? Yes? yes? Are we ready for Christmas? Eh, maybe, maybe, maybe not. No, no, not yet. Well, here, here's the, as we were, um, as we were listening to, and, and, and I shouldn't say listen, as we were singing our uh, worship songs, these praise songs, and, and uh, mind you, they were all Christmas songs, which was awesome. As we're singing these today, I, I couldn't help but, but think about, like, there, there is some rich, good theology in some songs. Not all songs, not all Christmas songs, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer would, I don't know how you'd get Jesus out of that. Somebody would try to twist it, but... The songs which we sang um, really emphasize the fact uh, of who Jesus is and why he, um, why he has come, or why he came the first time, why he's coming uh, the, the second time. And, and I love that fact because I, I think that what we cannot do in this time is forget why Jesus came. Now, we are celebrating Advent, right? We're in the Advent season. Um, and as we are in this Advent season, and remember, Advent just means coming. So the Advent season is the celebration of the Lord's first coming, looking toward the second coming. So first Advent, second Advent. So when people talk about the Advent, that's what we're talking about is the, the, the coming. And, and we've um, entered into the, this uh, sermon series over the past four weeks. This is week four, uh, and it will end this week. Uh, or actually, it will, it will actually it'll end on Christmas Eve when we light the Christ candle. But this is the last week of, of Sunday Advent. Uh, next week, you guys got a, uh, a little bit of, of a, uh, a breather from me. Um, and all God's people said, Amen! Right? No, we, uh, next week you're going to have an encouraging word like we do at the end of the year. Jake's going to uh, uh, be bringing that, uh, which is going to be interesting. Um, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like it. Jake, I'm sorry. No, I didn't mean it like it. Uh, no, it's going to be an awesome word. It's always interesting because Jake is an encourager. That's one of his spiritual gifts is encouragement. So we want to be encouraged going into the new, new year and celebrating that 2020 is going to be over. Yes, it's going to be over. Um, my wife and I will not be here. We are, will be uh, celebrating our 20th uh, wedding anniversary. Uh, so we're going out of, out of yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, clap for her. Um, we know that's true. I would never tell her that. But uh, no, we, we, so we're, we're going to be finishing up this week with the um, angel's candle. We are in this series. Um, in, in this series, we, we have titled it, Are You Ready? Are You Ready? And, and what, what my, my desire for this whole series, the, the desire in which I have, and I've shared it with you already, but the desire in which I have um, with looking at Advent is we just don't look at Advent as just like, oh, this is something that we celebrate. It's just something that, that we do as a church. No, but we look at Advent and we understand that we have a role both in the first Advent and in the second Advent. Because Advent is just another religious season if you don't own your role. And, and, and I want us to own our role in both Advents, because when we own our role, things like what, what, what uh, Kurt was talking about with our, our discipleship challenge we're doing at, after the first of the year, things like that, you, when you own your role, you're going to want to be engaged more. You're going to want to do more for the one who has done everything for you. I think too often what we do is we have a tendency to, to, to say, yeah, I'm a Christian, and, uh, but, and I'm not saying you, you live a, a, a sinful life, a worldly life, but you don't uh, um, 
capture or hold on to and, and live in the vibrant life in which God has designed uh, and has given us through His Son. We talk about Emmanuel. We talk about God with us. We talk about the reason that, that, that God came. I heard somebody say it, uh, I, I think it was uh, maybe this morning or last night or something. I, I, I was thinking, I heard him say this, and it makes so much sense. God had to send his son and become uh, uh, Emmanuel, God with us, so that he could shed his blood. Because the only way that sins can be covered is the shedding of blood. And when we think about that, we think about why God sent His Son, and we think about how that is so important, and we should think about how that is so important, because the reason that Jesus came the first time is so that He could sacrifice His life for ours. So that we could have salvation. When we read Luke 2, and we read about the angels that come or that came to the shepherds, and they said, hey, we have good news of great joy for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We, we, we understand that as we look at the Christmas story at the first advent, that the reason that Jesus came as that little eight pound, six ounce, little baby Jesus in golden fleece diapers, right? Got it for you. We, I'm killing it, right? As he came as a little baby in a manger, he came with a purpose. He came for a reason. We, we understand, and we talked about for four weeks now, um, that uh, Jesus came for the first time, the first advent, for salvation. John 3.16, we talked about that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I took ESV and King James and put it together there. You see that? Woo! We're getting a little bit of everything today. So, um, but, and that, that, was, uh, that was for you, Dad. Um, but, uh, and, and you, Miss Stephanie, I know you're watching online. Um, which, you know what? And, and this is, I don't want to brag on people, and I don't like to do that. But I had, it, it just warmed my heart. I was talking to, to Miss Stephanie via text. And, uh, you know, she, we were going back and forth and whatever. And she just was giving me, uh, I asked her how she was doing and, and, you know, all that good stuff. And um, what she, I was telling her what I was reading. And she was telling me what she was reading. And she said, you know, I just finished up. And, and again, I'm not boasting for her, so don't, don't think of that. But it's just, it's an awesome thing. She said, I just finished up my um, through the Bible in a year reading plan. So she reads through the Bible every year. She said, I just finished that for the 34th consecutive year. And I'm just thinking, man, alive, that's almost as long as I've been on this planet, you have godly women and godly men, godly women who, who, who have grabbed hold of, they, they, they didn't need a challenge, which not the challenge isn't bad, but they didn't need a challenge to dive in. But you have people that, that, that believe so deeply about what, why it is that Jesus came and what it is that he's given to us and what God has presented to us in his word, that they cherish the, 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 the word itself and, and feed on it. And as, as uh, Kurt said today, it's a, make it a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And when we have those um, uh, um, uh, times in which we face trial, which we face tribulation, we, when we have the foundation of God's Word um, to, to, to remind us that we can, uh, we, we can persevere through those, those hard times. 
that we can withstand the, the, the struggles and the strife that, that, that come uh, at us. So, and I, I guess that's a little plug for, for the discipleship program or the discipleship challenge that we're, we're doing. That, because I know if you have breath in your lungs, you have faced some type of struggle this year. Because it's 2020, everybody has. I know that we need to be equipped better for that. And just coming and hearing me talk about God's Word and me bringing, hopefully, God's Word to life and you hearing this, I hope that there's more beyond that. And if you're at home and you're sitting, you're like, ah, I'm not, I don't know what to do, reach out. Reach out to the church. There's plenty of people who are here that will be more than happy to help you. Bible reading plans or if you need a Bible, whatever. You know, just let us let let us know. But understand, as we, uh, um, and I didn't mean to get off on a rant there, but as we talk about this the, 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 this first coming, we cannot forget of why Jesus came first. The salvation, our salvation. That's the part in which we own. And we've talked about His second coming. And today we're going to continue on talking a lot about the second coming in light of the, the, the first coming and what we do here in, in the middle and what we can have. Uh, but the second coming we talked about for judgment. Uh, Jesus is coming back. There's going to be a judgment and, and everybody's going to stand in front of him. But we talked about how when he comes back, and I, I could, again, I love talking about how he comes back through the sky and everything, but we won't. If you want to, if you want to see that, you know, you go to a, a, a former message in this week. But uh, it's not just how he comes back; it's why he comes back, and understanding that because God is a righteous, loving, just God, that judgment has to take place so that we can spend eternity with Him. He can't overlook sin. He can't just kind of turn his, a blind eye to it. If he turned a blind eye to sin, then he would not be a righteous judge. He would not be a, a, an all-powerful uh, God. So what we, what we understand is that, that Jesus came first, the first time for salvation, the second time he's coming for judgment, and we have a role in both of them. And as we talk about our roles in both of them, and as we celebrate this season of Advent, what we do here is we light candles. And these candles, like you know, have no spiritual significance. They're just um, overpriced, good-looking candles. right? But they're symbolic. That's why we pay so much for them, right? So they're symbolic, but the, the, the symbol in which they have is different for each candle. We started off with a prophecy candle and uh, talking about um, the, the, the promises of God in which He uh, gave us you know, thousands of years ago, but which he continues today. We talked about the Bethlehem candle and, and, and uh, the, the receiving, the preparation to receive the Christ child and how we are to prepare for the second coming. Last week, we talked about the, the shepherd's candles, those who were on the, the, the first of, uh, of those to, to take the good news and, and rejoice it and to proclaim it. This week, we're going to talk about the angel's candle. And the angel's candle is this. It reminds us of the hope fulfilled in the first coming of our Savior and our continuing hope as we anticipate His second coming. So, so I'm going to go through it again because I think it's important here that we, we grasp why or what the, symbol, the, the, the symbolic nature of this candle is. 
It's reminding us of the hope fulfilled. The hope fulfilled of Jesus coming for the salvation of the world, for those who will accept Him. So it's a hope fulfilled in the first, but it's also we're continuing our, our, our hope uh, as we are anticipating His second coming. Anticipation is not bad as, as long as anticipation is positive and not negative. If anticipation goes into like a negative anticipation, like, oh no, oh no, no, that's worry. That's not, what, that's fear. That's, that's not uh, what, what hope is, and that's not what God wants us to. Uh, to do, and that's not why he, he has instructed us, and that's not what we're celebrating. What we're celebrating is the anticipation that, uh, kind of like what, uh, I think it's in the, the Hebrews, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to yell at you about it. Hebrews chapter 9, I, I wrote it down here, it says that Jesus, uh, oh, I got too many notes today, I got a bunch of Bible verses, imagine that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 9 says, And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time. Not to deal with sin, this is the the, the anticipation I want you to, to, to think about, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for Him. That anticipation in which we are to have or is to be eagerly waiting for the second coming of the Lord. When, when uh, you talk to people about, or I should say, when, when people talk to you about, well, what do you think? How, how you know, I'm, I'm scared of the end of the world. I, I build a bunker and everything, and I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Well, as, as believers in Christ, we can anticipate His coming. We can deal with our surroundings, but our anticipation is like, I'm eagerly awaiting. I can't wait till He gets here. Because when he gets here and when this final judgment happens, I already know the outcome of the judgment. Well, aren't you scared to stand in front of God? No, I'm not scared. Not scared at all. Why, well, why aren't you scared? Because the blood of Jesus covers me. I can stand in front of him and he's going to say, why, why, are you, why should I let you in? You know what I'm going to say? Jesus. Because of Jesus, and I trust what He has already paid in my, in my place. That's that eager anticipation. That's the, the, the confidence in which we can have. And as we're going to talk here in a second, the hope in which we have. Because that's the big idea about the angel candle is the hope. Now, we, we, we hear a lot of people talk about hope. And what I want to do today is I want one big idea for you. And we'll... Uh, talk. I, I got one big idea. I've got four questions I want to answer, and then we're going to go along our merry way, uh, so we can sing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You guys ready for this? Big idea. The big idea is just very simple: the hope and being ready. So re- remember, we're talking about the, in the series. Are you ready? Are you? Am I ready for what? The zombie apocalypse? No, Uncle Sai. No, are you ready for the coming? Remember Duck Dynasty? Y'all, any Duck Dynasty fans? Yeah, yeah. Come on now. Uh, so it, 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 I'm not. No, it's not the, the the zombie apocalypse. It's are you ready for the second coming of the Lord? At the end of the day, do I want people healthy? Absolutely. Do I want people wealthy? Absolutely. Do I want people wise? Yes, dear Lord, please. Right, but that's not what it's all about. It's all about, are you ready? Is your heart ready? Is your spirit ready 
that, that lives inside of us, that makes us who we are, are you ready to stand in front of the, the, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Are you ready for that? And this is what hope gives us. We can be ready. And it doesn't just have to be the bald guy that speaks a lot in the front and just is, is hyped up. No, we don't have to be that. What, what ready is and is not something that is subjective. It's something that is objective. It's, it's built on the truth of who Jesus is and what He has done. So what I want us to, to do is uh, we're going to look at... Um, Revelation 21 is where we're going to get to. We've got a couple stops along the way, so I don't know how you want to do that. If you want to find where the book of Revelation is, put your finger there. But we're going to start in Romans chapter 15. Because in Romans chapter 15, and we're talking about hope, you cannot talk about hope without talking about what Paul says in Romans chapter 15 to a church that was kind of in a squabble. They, they, he says, uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So, so the God of hope, the source of hope comes from God. Why? Because it says that He is the God of hope, the one who controls, the one who is all-powerful. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Who, wants, who, who doesn't want joy and peace? I mean, it's the holiday seasons, everybody wants peace. Some of you don't go to your family gatherings because you know if you go there, there's not going to be peace, right? Maybe that's just me. So uh, <laughs> it says here, may the God of hope uh, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you guys know that these are, 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 are a couple of the, my some of my uh, most favorite words in all Scripture. So that... By the power of the Holy Spirit, and we cannot deny the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in this. We cannot have hope without the Holy Spirit. You can't have, uh, I mean, you can't have hope without H-O, right? And you can't have Holy Spirit without H-O. You can't have hope without the Holy Spirit. I know that's lame, but my kids say I have lame dad jokes anyways. Uh, but we cannot, we, we cannot forget that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world, that, that God calls us sons and daughters because he has bestowed his spirit upon us to seal us for that day of redemption, that day when the sky splits open and we, 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 we stand in front of him, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit that, that, that we cannot fall away from, from God. We cannot, uh, some of us try to run away, but we, we, we cannot fall away from God because the Holy Spirit seals us. That same Holy Spirit that seals us is the same Holy Spirit that empowers us to do great things in God, for God's work. And as we look here, it says, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may you abound in hope. Abound. We don't use that a lot. That's not a, a normal word. But that abounding in hope is just not like a, hey, this is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm happy. No, abounding in hope. It's bubbling over. It's overflowing. So when somebody bumps you in Walmart because they're going the wrong direction down the, the aisle because they can't follow arrows, is it still like that way in Walmart with the arrows and stuff like that? It's been a while since I've gone. Huh? No? I don't know. At one time, it, well, anyways, when somebody bumps into you, instead of, uh, of you um, spilling out and spewing out vileness, we should abound in hope so when somebody does bump into us, it's the Holy Spirit that comes out. 
I'm not saying that you heal someone in the middle of Walmart. That would, I know you want to, but no, it's the Holy Spirit that comes out in, um, in, in, in that, that, that moment. But as Paul is writing here and as he is encouraging this church that is going through some hard times, he's talking about this hope in which we can have. So, well, four questions here in which I want to answer and I want to talk about to help us understand hope better. And this is not uh, 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 insulting anybody's intelligence. I just want us to have a clear understanding of when, when we're talking about hope, what, is, what does it really truly mean? So the first question in which I want to answer is this. What is hope? What is hope? Now, the world's definition is one, is one way. But I don't want to focus on the world's definition because the world, world's definition is all about a feeling. Here's the, the, the dictionary definition. Feeling of wanting something to happen or thinking that it could happen. Well, it might happen. I can't use the Browns as an illustration anymore because they're actually doing good this year, right? Uh, but no, it, it's understanding that, it, or they're, they're thinking that it's, a, it's just a feeling. It's, oh, I, I hope this happens. I hope this comes true. I, I hope that, that, that there's an uncertainty in it. There's no assurance in it. That's what, 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 what hope looks like in the world's eyes. So when we talk about, yeah, I have hope. If you're, uh, if you're talking to one of your um, unbelieving friends, and I would encourage you to have people in your life that don't know Jesus so that you can help them know Jesus. That's why they're, believe it or not, that's why God put them in your life. He's going to use you to get to them. Anyways, but I, 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 as you're having those conversations with, with those people, you use words like hope. They're thinking one thing while you're thinking another. I think there needs to be some clarity in here. And, and if you do get to talk about the hope in which you have, as 1 Peter 3.15 says, that we should always be ready to, to, to do that, to, to, to talk about and discuss. It says defend. Defend the hope which we have. Talk about and engage in a conversation about this hope. You need to know. We need to know that we're not talking about the same hope in which the world is talking about. There's a difference. The Bible is very clear that there's a difference in what hope is. So what is the Bible's definition of hope? I, I love this definition, and, and we'll, we'll break it down here. It's the confidence. This is the Bible's definition. This is what, what we as believers um, uh, uh, rest on here as, as what hope means. The confidence that by integrating God's redemptive acts, so, so think about that. It, it's the confidence that by integrating, putting into, by integrating God's redemptive acts in the past, so, so think about this. It's the confidence that in integrating God's redemptive acts in the past, so that, that, that entails the first advent of why, why Christ came, that God's redemptive, His acts to redeem, the way in which He redeemed was through uh, Jesus' uh, birth, His life, His death, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension. Those are the redemptive acts. So by integrating God's redemptive acts, it's the confidence in that, by integrating God's redemptive acts in the past, with trusting human response in the present, what does that mean? It's, okay, God did this. I have to do something there. That's where we're talking about, like, like what is your role in Advent? Here, if we're going to say, I have hope, that, that you have to do something. So if it's integrating God's redemptive acts in the past with trusting the human responses in the present, it's 
not just saying, oh yeah, I, I believe that Jesus did all that. It's, no, it's trusting that Jesus did all that. And the reason that He did all that was for that saving act, that act of redemption. But it's by integrating God's redemptive acts in the past with trusting human responses in the present, or the present, not the president, sorry, in the present, the faithful will experience the fullness of God's goodness both in the present and in the future. So it's a confidence that we're going to experience that we, being faithful to God, will experience God's fullness. His fullness, His full goodness. When we stand in front, believe this or not, when we stand in front of the throne, we are going to experience the fullness of God's goodness. Why? Because the righteous judge is going to give judgment um, adequately to those who deserve the penalty. Those who deny Him, it says, we've talked for the past three weeks, thrown into the lake of fire. But those who confess Him and that, that we have trusted Him, those who believe in the gospel in which we are to live, the good news of God's redemptive plan for sinful humanity. Those who, 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 of us, who our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We can have this hope. We have this hope that when we stand there in front of Him, we're just, all we're saying is, hey, point me in the direction of the food. Because we are going to sit down at, at the, the, the marriage feast the the the, the lamb the 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 the, the uh, marriage feast of the lamb that mean, meaning the the consummation of, of, of us with God and we're going to sit down and we're going to eat and not put on weight. Amen. Right? Yeah. We, we, it's not going to. So it, it's understanding that's the hope in which we have. It's that confidence because of what Jesus did, because of our receiving and trusting what Jesus did knowing that the fullness of, of His goodness is going to be revealed in that time. That's the hope in which we have. So the hope is not subjective. The hope is objective. It, it, it is based on, it is found, it's founded on truth. i got to go, or we're not going to get through all of these. Why does hope matter? That's the second question. So if that is hope, and that's what we talk, when we talk about hope, that's what we're talking about. Why does it matter? Well, I believe this, how we understand hope determines how we live our lives. If we're thinking of the world's way of hope, it's going to be uncertainty, and there's going to be a worry that is going to just kind of overwhelm us. But if we live our lives with the hope like the Bible defines, and as we just talked about here, if we live with this, the hope of the certainty of what God has done, if we live with that hope, our lives are going to be totally different. Just think about this. I mean, how we respond in our lives is going to show the hope in which we have. So, and some of you know, some of you don't. Um, for those of you that have given your condolences, thank you very much. Um, but uh, my grandma um, passed away uh, on on Wednesday of this this past week. And I I, I know some be like, oh, it's your grandma, whatever. No, my my grandma, my grandma, my grandpa mainly, but my grandma too. I, 
they raised me for some time, so we were pretty, pretty, pretty close. Um, but understanding that with her passing, man, we I had family members that were, you know, just wanting her to get better, and well, I understand. But with with her passing, even though that she wasn't like this model Christian, my grandma did accept Christ as her Savior a long time ago. And she had that moment where where she she surrendered her 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 will for his. So in this moment when she passed, it's understanding. Like my 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 sister and I were talking, and even right before Grandma passed, she was saying, "You know, I just I'm praying that she just peacefully goes." I'm like, "We know where she's going, so I pray that she just peacefully goes." Now I can say that because of hope. Because the hope in which I have, I can look to the situation in my life and not, not wonder, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what, where she's at. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And let that just kind of uh, overwhelm me. But the reason that hope matters is it gives us a foundation to, to deal with life situations. I love what Ravi Zacharias said, which is a, a, a godly man who, who passed away this year as well. He said this, Hope is that indispensable element that makes the present so important. The absence of future hope has an amazing capacity to reach into the present and eat away at the structure of life as termites would a giant foundation. What is he saying here? Without hope, we, it, our lives are just going to be riddled away to nothing so that when, the, when, when life happens now, because it will, we live in a sinful world. When life happens, our response won't be what it should be. But if we are founded on the truth of what God has said and what God has done and the hope, the hope, the confidence in which we have in Him, we can stand. And when those life situations hit us, we can stand firm through that. Will they still sting? Yeah, they'll sting a little bit. They'll sting a little bit. Anybody who ever has ever lost someone, you know it stings a little bit. But that hope that we have that we'll see them one more, once again, that's what gets us through those times of that stinging. So why does hope matter? Because it, it, it determines the way in which we live our lives. I, I, I got to tell you this little story real quick. You know, this I, I, Shannon and I were driving, and I just had this, this thought about, it was after, it was, I think it was Wednesday afternoon that, that uh, we, were, we were talking, and we, I said this, and I said, you know what, I was just thinking. I mean, Grandma died, we, we, know, we know where she went and everything, um, so we have hope that we're going to see her again. What, what, how does it feel? Because this, is, as, as a believer in, in Christ, I don't, I, I, I don't know how, I mean, I, growing up in church, I, and all, you guys know my story, but I just, I, I wonder, not that I want to know, but I, but I just wonder, like, those without hope, how, how does that feel not to have hope? Not that I want that, but I'm just thinking about that. And, and I, I, I had a, uh, an interaction with uh, an individual this week, and, and uh, they, they are an unbeliever, and they, 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 um, they identify themselves as, like, agnostic, not atheist. But, so they're just not, they don't know. And talking with this individual, I said, you know, this is a perfect opportunity. And I, and I shared with them. And I said, Here, I just want to ask a question. And I got a good rapport with them. And I said, how does it feel not to have hope? And I, and I told them, I said, I'm not trying to beat you up or anything. I just, and I explained that whole thing. Like, 
I, I, I just wonder what that feels like not to have hope. Facing that if you were to uh, walk out of my office today and, and not make it to where you're going, how does it feel not knowing what's going to happen? And again, I, I told them, I was like, I'm not trying to like scare the hell out of you. I'm trying to just figure this out. Because there's a reason that we have this hope in which God has given us and how this hope can determine everything in which how we live our lives. And I told him, you know, you know, what we were going through and everything. And I told him, like, like I just want to know what, what, that, what that is like. And just to see the look on their face is just like, I don't think many people think about that. I think that we have a lot of people who, who are hopeless, that's without hope. They don't understand it. All they understand is they don't understand. They don't understand that, that, that there's a hole and that there's something missing, but they, they have no hope. If something happens, they don't know what's going to happen. That is one thing that as we, as we are celebrating Advent season and we're celebrating both comings, that we have to, if we're going to ask or answer the question, are you ready, we can, uh, we can assuredly answer that question because of the hope in which we have. And those who don't have that hope, they say, I don't know. So when we stand in judgment... What, what is that going to look like for you? That, that, that was the, 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 the question in which I asked. Like, like, what is this going to, to, to look like for you? Like, you don't have this hope. Like, you have had those in your life that are, are you going to see them again? Are you not going to see them? Or are, are you, what, what, what's going to happen? Do you believe in heaven and hell? Do you, but there's a lot of variables that people don't really think about. And I don't think that we need to get so in depth. That's why I believe that, that Peter, when he's talking about what it is that we should do, he says that we are to defend the hope in which we have. Because that's what people need is hope. This year alone, this year alone is a prime example of why we need hope. Because if we were to look at the circumstances and judge our life by the situation, the circumstances that we, that we endure, or that we experience through, through this earthly life, if that was everything, as Paul would say, we are, we, we are, we, we are beyond uh, pity, Right? We are beyond pity if we're just looking at all of this, this stuff, and this is all it's about. But what we understand is as believers in Christ, we understand that we have hope. So hope matters. That'll go into the third one. Third, third one here. We've got about 10 minutes. I know what God's people said. Amen, right? What is our hope? What is our hope? Question three is what, are, what is our hope? First one was what, what is hope? Why does hope matter? Now, what is our hope? I just said that it is objective. It's a person. Our hope is in a person and in what Christ has done. 1 Timothy 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. So if we're, if we're thinking about like, what, what is our hope, our, our hope is a person. It's a person, it's a work in which he has done. 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 5, it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. I love that. To, to a living hope through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, this is awesome, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. It's going to be revealed in the last time. The, 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 the goodness of God, the hope in which we have is going to be, become manifest when, when He comes back for the second time. As we are anticipating His second coming, we live in hope. Because our hope is not just, whoo, I don't have to go to hell. Our hope is not just that we don't get thrown into the lake of fire. Our last question, I think that this is very important that, that we answer this. Our last question is, what does our future hope look like? Because too many people, think when they think about heaven, they think about chubby little babies strumming harps, floating on clouds and everything, and that's what heaven's going to be like. No, 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 no. Let, let, let's, let's read what heaven's going to be like. You're there in Revelation 21. John tells us about what God revealed to him to tell to us. After the second coming, so after Jesus comes through the, the sky, after uh, uh, the judgment happens, John says this, and this, just think about this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Just think, beauty just coming. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God. So our future hope is that we are going to uh, be in the fullness and the goodness and the grace, the mercy, the, 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 the glory of God. That's what we're going to be in. That's the hope in which we have, that after that judgment happens and we go to be with Him, this is what's going to be taking place. Look at verse 4. This is one that, that, that really grabs you. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall, the, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, nor virus, nor uh, worry, no, nor, nor, none of that. No more. For the former things have passed away. And he who, sit, who, who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who has conquered will, ha will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. What we are going to do is we are going to be in His presence and sin will not be around. What we are going to do is going, we're going to be enjoy the blessings of the inheritance of God unobstructed from the sins, the corruption of the world. 
Just think about that. I know that everyone in here, at one point or another, that you have uh, experienced God's blessing to some variance. Maybe it was a short term, maybe it was a long term. Maybe you're, you're experiencing that, whatever it may be. But can you imagine that, 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 that feeling, that, that reality lasting forever? That glory of God just, just washing over us continually forever. But it says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually uh, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the, the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You know what? I don't even, not that I don't care, but that, that verse 8 doesn't apply to me. I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the, the, the first seven verses here of what I am going to and what we as believers in Christ will enjoy. The confidence in which we have is in what Christ has already done, those redemptive acts, and, and that, that um, uh, trust in that. So we can look at this question, are you ready? Darn Skippy, I'm ready. Darn Skippy, what, 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 what does it say? Come Lord Jesus, come now, come soon, come quick. Hurry up and get here, Right? We can stand here with confidence knowing that my hope is in Him. Are you ready? That's all you got to answer. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank You for who You are. God, we thank You for what You've given us, what You've sh showed us, what You've done for us, God. God, my prayer is that, that, that we live our lives reflective of the hope in which we have. God, not as some superficial thing, but a, I mean, that that it's so ingrained in us that no one can separate us from the hope in which we have. God, let it overflow. Let the, the as I say, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, let it abound in us. God, as we know that there's pain and there's suffering and there's loss in this world. God, we know that the, the hope in which we have is that, that there is a, a time in which we will not have to, to, to deal with that any longer. And that is what we trust and what you have already done. So God, if there's those who are maybe watching on, online or uh, with us that they have not put their hope in you, their confidence, their trust in you, if they have not done that, Lord, my prayer is today is that day that they surrender their trust and just say, God, I trust in you. I trust in what you have done and what you will do. I don't want to face you uncertain. I want to face you with confidence on that day of judgment. God, for those of us who have already done that, remind us of that hope so we can live in that on a daily basis. God, we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you will do. And God, we will just give you all the praise and all the glory. We pray this in Jesus' beautiful name. All God's people said, Amen. 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 I said four amens. That's one more than you. Y'all have an awesome week and hope to see you Christmas Eve, 7 o'clock.